I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. There's like pros and cons to a passy. How you're saying Scout takes one. Yeah, she calls it her Baba. Oh, she has a name for it. Oh, yeah. Sweet girl. <laughs> baba, Baba, Baba. Yeah. Oh. But what's funny is she didn't take it until Christmas, no, Thanksgiving break. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's a so long she time. Was, she was what, like eight or nine months old? Oh, so maybe I should keep trying. I kind of just gave up because I was like, she's too old, but she's not. I wish she was more like 10 months. I don't know. But yeah, it took, she would not do it. Mm-mm. And then she suddenly just started doing it. And now, like I said, she's obsessed. So. Okay. It's good to know. Does she do that gag thing? Shine. She used to. She doesn't now. She used to be like real sensitive to where she would like gag at everything. But, and the doctor told me she's starting to teethe. So I think that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. It's like the four month sleep regression and that. But once she's down, she's like good for the night, which is awesome. That's awesome. But it's just been the last couple nights, it's like hit or miss. Yeah, even Scout, like when I lay her down, like used to be I could lay her down and she would not cry at all. She'd just roll over and go to sleep. Uh And she's been crying a little bit. Like, can you hear her? Mm -mm. She's kind of like cry talking. So I know she's like winding herself Mm -hmm. down, but it's weird. It's like, it's like she's trying it to see what happens. Right, right. They're so smart. They like, they really do know that. Yeah. We leave for Chattanooga tomorrow and we're doing like a weekend family vacation, which will be a lot of fun. But I like predicted this would happen last night. I was like, Justin, he's on call every Thursday night. And I was like, I just can feel it that you're going to be like stuck at the hospital to like midnight and I'm going to be the one stuck loading up the car and, you know, packing everything and doing it all. And sure enough, here we are. (laughs) He's still at the hospital and I'm probably going to be packing it all up. But, and the Thursdays are really hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Some Thursdays, like he doesn't go in at all. And then other Thursdays are like tonight where he'll probably be there till about midnight. So I don't really understand how it works, but is there a point where it's like he absolutely gets to go home? Yeah, so technically at 11, he gets to go home, absolutely. But often when, if they're like near the end of a surgery by 11, they'll just like tough it out and finish it instead of calling the next person in. Makes sense. Um, And so then they get called in just based on like if an emergency pops up or some kind of surgery, like, Mm. you know, if the ER or something gets a case where they need to be there. So it's really hit or miss. What are y'all doing in Chattanooga? Um, So we, every Memorial Day, we are in a four-wheel club group that Mm -hmm. does a big like family run. And so it's like four-wheeling all day Saturday. And then tomorrow we're going to go check out the Children's Museum and like the Splash Mm -hmm. Pad and just do, you know, some of the fun stuff. We love, we love Chattanooga. So that's like our fun family getaway when we get long weekends. So Memorial Day is nice. So we'll be really um, fun. Yeah, it should be fun. And then Sunday we'll try to do some hiking and, you know, just try to be outside as much as we can. And yeah, so 
it'll be good. It'll be a good break, but it's always like, I feel like, especially the moms like have that buildup, you know, like all the prep to a trip. Trips are enjoyable, but it's a lot of work to get there. So. Well, and then getting back and getting everything yes. unpacked and washed <laughs> yes. and back where it needs to be sorted and like, back to nap routines and yeah, yeah, real life. It's worth it though. It is, but it is a production for sure. Like it just mm-hmm. takes a lot, a lot of energy, a lot of like mindfulness, just making sure you're thinking everything through and then yeah. just knowing that you will forget something. Yes. And it's fine. <laughs> yep. And that's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, totally. But it'll probably be like your makeup bag. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like something that like is mine that I'm that I forgot. Like, oh, crud. Well, already all day I wanted to go to Target to get like new sunglasses, and there's just a couple of things for me I wanted to get, and of course that hasn't happened. So I'm already feeling that a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. But hey, as long as you have, like, you could even buy diapers if you, if you had to. There's pretty much anything you could buy if you had to. It's so true. Like, it's so true. I always just, like, make sure that I have my glasses. Like, mm. my backup glasses. Like, that's the one thing that if, like, if we ended up, like, far away from home without my glasses, I would be in trouble. Because when my contacts are not in, I am blind as a bat. Yeah. Like, I'm not functioning. Like... <laughs> that's the one thing that I always check and double check. And then the rest of it, I'm like, well, it'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It'll all work out. We'll have fun. Yeah. Sounds fun. Well, did you realize that this is our 50th episode? 50. I did not. That's so exciting. Yeah. Can you even imagine? Like, it feels like we were just starting this and it's just like taken off. How cool is that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we even took a couple, like, what, two months off there just a little yeah. bit ago. So, right. yeah, that's not counting those episodes that we re-aired. So, yeah, 50. That's awesome. Well, you had kind of an interesting idea of what to talk about. Um, so why don't you expand on that? Okay, so here's the backstory of where we're at in our life right now. I have been trying to be very intentional about getting together with mom friends and just friends in general, you know, trying to plan things out, especially now that it's the summer days. And like, I have a very, very active and very, very talkative three-year-old toddler boy. So I'm just trying to get us around people and like out and about. And it has been now three or four times that we have been out in public. And thankfully I have been with friends because I don't know if I would have handled this well by myself that we have just had very, I don't know the word, like forward confrontation with strangers over Mm. things that I have not been prepared for. And I have been like talking about it with friends. And I don't know if it's just because of 2020 that like people have removed their filter. They just feel like they're obligated to voice their opinions or I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it has definitely been a shift lately that I have felt When I'm with my children in public, people are not scared to tell me what they think, whether Mm. it's good or bad, whether they, I mean, I'm not even going to get into the nitty gritties because it's just like absurd. Some of the, like I've ended in tears with some of these things that strangers have told me, but all that to say, I feel like each time we are out and about now around other people, 
I have to be very aware of not only how I'm parenting my children, but how I am just protecting and kind of being that filter for my children of the real world of what's going on and kind of interactions we have with other people. And the more and more we are out and about, whether it's with other adults or other children, I've been really convicted of how can I let my children be little? You know, and the fact like, I want to let them be little and enjoy their childhood and keep them protected from everything going on in the world and just what it means to grow up. And, but that's also on the flip side, kind of challenging in today's world of just like, you know, kids say things and adults say things apparently. And like, I just feel like it's like this constant like battle as a parent I have to take of really fostering that for my children of being intentional of letting them be little but then also on the flip side not being the naive parent like I want to be the smart parent that can prepare my child and help them for the real world and so when we have these really awkward and uncomfortable situations that my child knows either how to interact or I as a parent know that my child's watching me interact you know and they're looking to me for how I'm going to react to the situation and I just think, I mean, we're at this age, granted, I have a four-month-old and then a three-year-old turning on four, but especially for the three-year-old, he is on that brink of like needing to know things and, yeah. you know, like stranger danger talk and things that I have just worked so hard to protect him from the world. But I also know like as a smart parent, I have to protect him from the world. So I have to ex- start exposing him to something. Right. And we just, in our house, have had a lot of conversations on how can we let our children be little and foster that and protect that along with being smart parents. And I don't know what the answer is. Like, it, it seems to be a constant conversation I know we are having in our house of just with the changing world and the changing dynamics and all the things you face when you are in the world, and especially when you are Christian in the world, when you're in the world, but not of the world, Mm. how do you raise these little disciples that can embrace the world, but still also be set apart and really enjoy their childhood? Because when I, I know when I personally think back on my childhood, I don't remember any of that, you know, Mm. like my parents did an excellent job of guarding us and protecting us. And I feel like I was able to fully embrace and live out my childhood as a child not having to worry about kind of the real world, I guess, quote unquote, you know, like yeah, what that meant. So that's kind of where we're at. I know as a family of just like, how do we embrace this? Like, what are we called to do as parents? How can we teach our children and what should we expose them to? And when is the right time and how much is the right, you know, amount? Mm. And I don't know you, it's, I love that we get to talk because you have kids that are just a little bit older, like you're kind of right in the neck, that next phase. So you have kind of started, I know a lot of this, but it's just, for me right now, it feels like a whole new world. I feel like it's kind of a whole new world for us too, because especially my son, like he's going into second grade and he'll come home and he's talking about games that he's heard about, or, you know, Mm. he's very into that kind of thing, like Legos and games and that kind of thing. But 
he will talk about something that some kid told him about some game. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is or that, or this app or this whatever. And it's like, I don't know how to process it for him or with him. Probably better to say, cause I don't even know what, what it is like. Right. Right. I think it's so hard. It's so, so hard. What comes to mind though, for me is like in the spirit of like simplicity and all of those things, like if we really strip our days back to like what, what are the most vital <laughs> like things that we do each day? Like we eat, we sleep, you know, we clean, you know, we clean like th- these kinds of things. Like they're the most simple, like what kind of rituals are we creating surrounding these times of day? Because I feel like when they look back on their life as a whole, when they look back on their childhood, they're going to remember bedtime and they're going to remember mm-hmm. sitting around the table. You know, they're going to remember those really vital, like, you know, human need type things. I think it's good because they roll around every day, but I think that those are times that we could really be like digging in and investing and making sure that we're asking them questions and like having conversations and that like, we're making a point of like, we sit down and we eat together and we pray before and we pray before bed and just the spirit of simplicity presents these opportunities to us. So I think just really buckling down and utilizing them. You know, I had a friend remind me even just this week of like the memories we remember the most when we look back on our childhood are often just those simple like intentional, traditional things we do time after time, you know, those repetitive things, like you were saying, like the dinner table or bedtime or every summer as a family, we do this trip or every single day in the summer, me and my, like, I think back to my childhood and me and my mom and my sister would go to the Conley pool. Like that's just what we did every single afternoon in the summer. Like that was just, that was her time to fellowship with other moms and we got to play with other kids and we just swam and we got our energy out and we were nice and tired by the time we got home from dinner time. And like that was expected every single day. And it was like the simple repetitive tasks are what I think of when I think of childhood. And sure, I still remember those grand, like exciting one-off trips, but for the most part, my memories of childhood were made from those simple day-to-day things. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good reminder of like, we are shaping our children in those simple day-to-day things. And I think as parents, especially moms, those simple tasks of childhood feel like the mundane tasks or like the mundane day-to-day, like, like I know you and I, we just put our kids to bed by ourselves. <laughs> like, and it's just like, oh, here we go again. Like the day-to-day, like, let's just get through the motions of like, how do we get our kids to bed? But it's at those times that really we are shaping our childhood for our children, you know, and that those are going to be the memories they have is that repetitive day in and day out what we do as moms with our children. It's a great point. We're equipping them to be human beings that are hopefully self-sufficient and can not only take care of themselves, but can go out into the world and like make an impact But it's like, I don't think we should be sweeping these opportunities to really invest in them like Mm. 
I don't know, like just an example that comes to mind is like teaching my daughter that when we're, when we're clearing the table, you know, you take a plate and you hold it underneath the table and you sweep crumbs into the plate, you know, like it's, it's like something that it seems so basic that, you know, why I'm just, I just do that. I don't even think about it, but it's like, no, she hasn't learned that yet. Why not take a moment to give her my undivided attention and show her how to do that and really invest in her and make it a moment that she, um, she feels seen and she feels like I'm investing in her and setting her up for her future. And I think in those mundane things, like, like, like you just said, we often just want to, we want to hurry through and get done. You know, I think that's when the magic quote unquote happens mm. and you know, that's home. That is life. Right. I mean, that is, you know, that's what the essence of home is, is just caring for ourselves and caring for each other and caring for our environments and just being able to really make that something that we're celebrating and making it something that's, you know, worth our while. Um, I think it's important. And I don't know, I think the rat race can happen mm. outside <laughs> and, you know, we got to go out into it and join it for however long, but then at the end of the day, we come back to our, you know, to our starting place we can unwind and we can be together. And I think that as long as home is a safe place, um, then the world can be as chaotic and, you know, it can be what it is, but home can be home, you know? Yeah. It's like separate. Mm -hmm. It's a great point. And I love that you mentioned like teaching her how to sweep the crumbs onto the plate because I do think it's easy when we think of this concept of letting them be little, it's easy to fall into this like trap where being little means we have to baby them and do everything mm. for them. And it's almost like we equate being little to being dependent instead of independent. And that's a good point. Like I think as mothers, we are called to try to like foster independence and growth while still maintaining this posture of letting them be little. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you have found specific ways um, that you've tried to do that in your house or, you know, how that has impacted you as a mom. But I do think that's a really big aspect of letting them be little is also recognizing that they still have to be independent. You know, it's not babying them and kind of just like pushing their growth aside to kind of keep them to us or to ourselves, if that makes sense. For sure. And then I think there's also just the aspect of being a mom where it's like, there's so much that has to be done that you're just getting it done. Mm. And you don't really want to take that time to like, you know, teach them how to sort laundry, teach them how to put things on a hanger. Like these are things that they don't, come pre-programmed knowing how to do these things, right. you know, only it was that easy. Right. <laughs> but it's like to take those moments where there's not anything else going on, there's no distractions and you're just walking them through that. I think it, it's meaningful to them um, because we're equipping them, but we're also, like you said, loving them and empowering their independence and empowering right. them to be like, a contributing member of the family because like if Chase and I are just doing everything for them, 
we are not setting them up to be independent, you know, productive human beings. And I think it's easy to think, well, okay, well, they're only, you know, five and seven. It's not that big a deal. It's a big deal. Like it starts now. It starts in the, in the mundane. It starts in the everyday. I think as moms, we sometimes just take it all on ourselves mm-hmm. and we want it done and we want it done right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't even let our husbands help carry the load because mm-hmm. right. they don't do it the exact way that we would, we would do it. So it's like, Oh, just forget it. I'll do it. And then like, we're not even really letting them be a contributing member on some levels. And then I think inevitably like resentment can build up from that. You know, I think Mm, it's totally once again, like letting go of that perfection and just letting, letting everybody sort of contribute equally. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. I feel like motherhood is like a dance. It's like this dance of being able to nurture and love on and support your family along with enabling them with the skills they need to grow and get outside of the household and, you know, become these, you know, ultimately adults. I mean, that's the goal is to raise them, you know, but it's like such this fine finesse of knowing when to push your children and, and when to draw them in close to you. And, and it can be hard to identify those moments, but I feel like, you know, specifically in a Christian household, like God enables you and gives you the strength to identify those moments of when do I need to push them outside of their comfort zone versus mm-hmm. when do I need to be the comfort for them? And it's hard. It's hard in the day to day to figure out that dance and the kind of that shuffle of what does that look like? And when do I fight the battles and when do I surrender and, you know, just bring them in, in versus trying to help them learn how to be independent. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. It's like, we don't have to figure it out because I think even that can become a source of stress. Like, Oh, I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it right. And it's like, okay, well there's grace for the times that we right. failed. But I think as long as we can identify that we have a heart for that, like that's probably the most important ingredient, you know, is the desire to want to do it. And then just trying to be aware and being in the moment enough to identify those opportunities and, you know, capitalize on them because as we all know, like a week can fly, like, Mm. you know, like Mm -hmm. it's the week just started and we're already to the, almost to the weekend again. And it's just, you know, those add up really quickly and all of a sudden have a seven-year-old, you know, and it's like, man, right. And you're just really hoping that there wasn't, none of that time was being squandered because it's gone. (laughs) We don't have it anymore. But I think that just understanding that God's vital and leaning on him and not pretending like we have the ability to control it all because, you know, right. I don't know about you, but I have control issues for sure. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I think that's a huge part though, is remembering that he is the ultimate one in control and I could be the best mom ever and still have a child that, you know, kind of goes off the path or doesn't go how I expect them to go or I could be just the most terrible mom ever and God still works beauty in that. And I think there's such just like this freeing, I don't know, like you can be so free as a mom once you realize and you're able to accept that God is the one in control and I'm going to try my hardest and I'm going to pray for these children every day and I'm going to love on them and I'm going to 
try to grow them and help them to become independent, but yet he's the one that's doing all the work. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. not me, even though I want it to be me, you know, my sinful side wants to have that checklist and I want to be the one that's winning the golden star for my children. But really it's God at work through my failures and through my successes. And that ultimately, you know, he's the one that has my children in his hand. And that's really hard, so hard to like live out. You know, it's easy to say, but in the day to day, that's like a constant battle I, I struggle with. Especially when there's all these things that are encroaching, even in our homes, Mm. like with, you know, with what, what phones and technology and all these things. And I don't know, like, I'm glad I have a little more time before I have to try to navigate it with teenagers who knows what will be happening then. And, you know, what we're going to be up against as far as what social media looks like, how much they can infiltrate into every aspect of our lives. And I think, I think it's a balance because obviously technology is here to stay and we want to be able to equip our children to, take part in it, but have self-discipline and boundaries with it. Like we can't just say no. Like I feel pretty convicted about that. Like we can't say, no, you can't have anything to do with, with technology, but at the same time, being able to control the narrative of how it is worked into our homes and how it's affecting their day-to-day life. I think it's really important to not only have that be a a constant conversation that's coming up with like Chase and I, but also with them, like talking about like, Hey, like this tablet's really cool. And there's all sorts of really awesome stuff that we can do with it, but it's not a person and it can't take the place of like the people in this home and how we relate to each other. And if we're going to fight over it or we're going to get cranky when we have to turn it off, like, we need to take a step back and look at why that is because people are more important than things. Like I say that all the time, like, I'll say like, what's more important Mm. people or things. And, you know, we have these conversations. And then I think the other part of that is modeling that well, because if we're, if we're saying it, but we're not living it out, like if we're saying like, Oh, you need to put that up. You've been on that too long. But then we're literally on our phone, like all evening, not engaging with them. Then obviously our actions are going to speak louder than words and that's going to become something that, you know, they're going to resent us for because they're going to be like, Oh, he just told me I couldn't do it. And now you're doing it. You know, like that double standard thing that kids are so like, they just know you can't pull the wool over their eyes. They know when we're like living out a double standard. But then on the other side of that, I think it's okay to be like, Hey, you know what I realized you were talking to me and I was not paying attention. And I'm so sorry for that because people are more important than things or phones or whatever it is. So I think just being able to model grace in it too, um, because it's, let's, let's be real. Like it's taking over our lives too. Like it's a constant, Mm -hmm. constant battle of balance. And I think the more that technology becomes a part of our lives, the more it can steal innocence away. Yeah. It's like, how do you put those, boundaries in place you know and and like you were saying when do you say no to certain things even though mainstream media and maybe it's just like the accepted act you know everyone else does it but maybe 
it's something that us as a family is set apart and we just don't do. Yeah. But I think like we need to be having those as conversation Mm -hmm. because I think one of the worst things that we can do to our kids is just say no, because I said so. Like I think, I think they need to know why, like why is pornography dangerous? We have children that are going to be exposed to it at some point. Like we need to be talking to them. Like we need to be controlling the narrative and saying like, this is something that you're going to come up against and this is why it's dangerous and making sure that that's a conversation that we're having. And it's not something that we're just sweeping under the rug and pretending doesn't exist because we really don't want to think about it, you know, or just saying it's bad because we said it's bad, making sure that we're having conversations and asking them how they feel about it Hmm. um, and making them feel like they're, opinions of whatever the subject is whether it be social media or some game I'm not a game person but I have a son that is obviously you know like asking him why he likes it and making sure that I make him feel like his opinion matters yeah our pastor recently said what you hear first will be the most impactful to you and so as parents we are called to help our children hear things from us because then we, you know, in a way can help kind of control the narrative and control what they hear before they are being exposed to it in the real world. And it's, you know, having, like you said, that open dinner table and the open before bed conversations so that you can have those awkward nitty gritty conversations because I know I want my children to hear things from me first before Mm -hmm. the real world exposes them to things that I can't control then. And it's hard when you have little children, because I think you always are going to see your children as little, even when they're not, you know, like hearing you say, like you have a seven-year-old, but I'm sure in your mind, that is still your sweet two-year-old toddler boy. And it's, you know, being able to recognize and see that no, they're growing up and, and part of our role as being their mother is to be able to help, you know, expose them and help lead them to Christ and point them to the word and, and point them to, you know, just this foundation and help them be rooted in this foundation so that one day they can have these wings and can fly and, and feel confident on how to kind of embrace these different scenarios that they're going to embrace in life. But it's it's hard as a mom to be able to do that, you know. So hard. And I think, too, like, they're so smart. And they can smell hypocrisy from a mile mm. away. Like, if we want to bring them up in the word, then we have to be in the word. Like, mm-hmm. there's not there's not a way around that. Like, we can't be living it out to them and bringing them up into it and modeling it to them if we're not in it ourselves. And I think that... Um, sometimes that takes just being really honest with them about where we fall short and where we need God and where God has met us. And, you know, just having transparency there so that they know we're not putting on a show of how things are supposed to look or how Mm -hmm. things are supposed to go. Because I just, I think being authentic within our, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's okay to struggle it's okay to struggle on our Christian walk. It's okay to struggle. Like 
we need to let them in on that and let them see that and let them understand that God is constantly leading us in it. And that most importantly, we're constantly seeking him through it because that's what's ultimately going to make them seek God through whatever life has in store for them. And I know we don't like to think about it, but there could be some pretty tough stuff in their futures. And as much as I hate to say it almost, I, if, if those things bring them closer to God, then mm-hmm. I don't want to wish them away. I want to equip them to carry them and face them and tackle them um, and struggle well through them. Because if they can do that and they can end up closer to God and seeking him, then ultimately that's all that matters. The rest of it doesn't matter. Like what they quote unquote accomplish or who they quote unquote become. Like if they're, if they're striving after God and, um, letting him lead their lives, then that, then that is, I think they have been fostered and brought up and invested in and all these things that we were always talking about and always strategizing about. That's what the success of that looks like. Mm-hmm.